0: Oh. I'm gonna bust them the And then after that, I'm gonna bust them again. You don't get this up. They'll take that me down, and we'll get back out. Let's bust so them to play, man. I've got up and record. Got, oh, yeah. Record an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Episode. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure I'm pumped up yet, John. Got me gone. Well,
2: didn't take much. I went from level zero to level one.
1: A zero to one. I hope. I hope that's that's the the range. One being one hundred percent. No, <laughs> it, was, it was a marginal notch. Mm. Well, I still think we should go with my. Uh, I don't know what the name of that song is. Oh, you have a motivational song. Yeah, it's the one that they play before every cheesy conference. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Hey guys, let's get pumped up. We're going to do this. We're going to have a business conference. Woo, go Dreamforce!
2: (laughs) Uh, What do they say at Dreamforce? Uh, uh, They say go get your badges.
1: (laughs) We are so excited.
2: Oh, now you can do some live mixing for us? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Dancing. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Woo! Do my midget dance. Woo! This is the only kind of dance you can do in your city.
0: I'm not a Democrat or a
1: Republican. I'm hello, an American. All right. All right. Now
2: I'm pumped up. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm at I'm a. I'm ready two. to go to. I'm a, at a two now
1: ready to go to a business <laughs> conference and, and uh, network and learn, learn some new tips and tricks. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh. clears throat> well, John, how's it going? I'm kind of tired. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a, actually a positive response. I am tired though because I stayed up too late last night. Yeah, I did too. But I slept in
2: to counteract that. But which... I had good reason. I wasn't working like normal. I I uh, went out and saw a band and had had a beer and had a good time. Oh Speaking of band,
1: band, <laughs> the band, the the one that Shell was in, the Salesforce All
2: Stars. Yeah. <laughs> do we have that? You didn't like that? That's a, no, that I was a it was nice good. little segue I did there. Okay. Is that what that was? I don't okay. know. It's did... not professional. You have to call it out that that's. What do you're you have doing, a link right? to that? Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought you had it lined up and everything. I don't have anything lined
1: up. <sighs> how would I have that lined up? I don't even know what. It, I don't even know where it is. Seriously, did you send it to me?
2: It's in your. It, it got emailed to you in your Chatter feed. I don't do Chatter. You should know this. Uh fine. Going in the dark. I'm a consultant. Do you
1: know how many Chatter emails I get at midnight every night? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are you that popular? No, it's just all garbage.
2: All right, link is there. Is that
1: Oops. it? Okay. Oh, it de itself.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it does that.
3: Well, hold on, we need to introduce uh, this before I, I start playing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just jumping into it. Okay, well, scale it, it back. You're, you're a little too high. It's the clouds. Is that the, what they're called? Is it the
2: clouds? I don't know. Just is is just like heaven, the clouds. The clouds. Is that, is that is it? Yeah, I guess the clouds. What's the name because of the song? Because Apex and the Limits is taken already. It's another Salesforce band, isn't it?
1: Is that, is that The Cure? Who did that song? Yeah, I think it's The Cure. So this is um, this is Shell. Shell Black on bass. Shellblack.com for all your Salesforce consulting needs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> Shell on bass on his cool, super cool bass. Yeah, he does have a cool bass. And then it's... I recognize Ryan Vaughn is playing guitar and singing. Haven't talked to Ryan in a, a while. You don't even know him. No. But I, I think he still lives in Dallas. He work, I think he works for Salesforce now his wife and his baby apparently and then some guy on guitar let's see if I can find this uh, Bob Baldwin guitar and singers and then Keith Holt on keyboard but this was a these are all Salesforce related people and this was for right. March of Dimes or some kind of fundraiser yeah it's fundraiser. like
2: a Salesforce employee charity <clears throat> event I think Do you want to play a little bit of this yeah let's play I, I thought it was good. okay yeah. you tell me when to stop. this is like
1: an iPhone recording so sorry yeah I'll try not to sing.
3: I will away.
1: That's Ryan and his wife
2: singing. Yeah. And his baby. That's well, a good thing he wants to run away with it. Yeah. Jeremy, I'd run away with you any day. No, um, no, you
1: would You tell me that every day. All right. I'm going to professionally fade this, pot this down here. Yeah. Here we go.
2: Yeah, that, that was you good. You got those lovely little, little uh, bass sounds in your, your ear? That was all brought yeah. to you by Shell Black. Right.
1: Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum. Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. Are for Shell
2: Black Space? <laughs> I'm just, that was the Shell
1: part, I'm just letting you know.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I didn't get to go, but uh, I'm glad we got some video and got to see that. Well, And that was nice of them to do something
1: good for uh, a good cause. Good job, guys. So, uh, last week was interesting with Sean. That was long. It was long. Do we get any complaints? <clears throat> No, no, I, I don't think so. I do have some business I, I want to cover. Some What kind of business? I just, you know, show business. Trying to give show me the business. business. This, is, this is the first item.
2: Oh, uh, itemized. Yeah,
1: no, just to find out, like, you know,
2: did we get complaints? I saw no, I, I mean, there's conversations about it being, a, uh, people reacting to yeah. the long, the long, the side. Si, the, the length. Length? There you go. <laughs> the length of it. But, uh. I don't know. It's a podcast. You can start it, stop it whenever you want. You can, yeah, there's you can a pod- listen to 30 minutes a day if you wanted to. We just filled your yeah. ears for a week if you do it 30 minutes a day. Yeah. I mean, there's a pause button there for a reason.
1: You can come back later, right? Hmm. But a lot of people like it because they can, you know, these people who have long commutes, you know, they'll listen to the first half on the way to work and yeah. on their way home. And I mean, it is what it is. You know, if you don't listen to the whole thing, then just skip it. That's fine it's a
2: good episode though i, I didn't it. really see
1: any complaints though that's right so, that's good i thought there might be a lot of complaints it was long but it was good i mean that was fun that was a fun episode
2: yeah, yeah we got to cover all sorts of things everything from the what biography <laughs> or profiles of well, sean it was himself, fun. himself it was fun to catch up with sean it was learned some um, Afrikaans. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> well like a cheese china <laughs> like a cheese china <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna remember that one yeah. um no, it was just cathartic. We got to you know bitch and complain some, which is always fun. Yeah,
2: <clears throat> I, I think Sean had a lot to get out. He, he he hasn't recorded in a while, and it was just like blah. It's, yeah, it's been building up. We got all of Sean.
1: Yeah. All right. So, any other you know thoughts on that one?
2: Mm. <clears throat> I do. We do then have. I just we, forgot them as soon as you asked
1: me. Yeah, hey, we do have at
2: least one South African listener besides Sean. No, we have a couple, I think, or one or two. At least at least on chat on chatter. Twitter. Uh we got some pretty good engagement with it, so that was nice.
1: Yeah. I was gonna try to find this guy's name. I think it was Dylan Pepper.
2: Hmm. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate Not, it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh, so there was one thing I wanted to say was um <clears throat> It's actually getting into some news topics. It, are you done with your itemization? No, no, I'm just getting started. Ah, okay. Well, then we'll cover it
1: later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if we're done with that, then the next thing I wanted to talk about was, and we've, you know, we've talked about this before. And the thing is, I just for so people know, like everyone, because John and I share this studio, as kind of like an office, and I I come in more than he does because he has probably a better home office situation than I do. But um, we'll start. We'll get into. We'll start to get into a conversation about you know, the podcast itself or just something that t- would be topical for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just have to remind ourselves, Oh, let's stop. Cause we need to say that for the podcast. Cause anytime you pre converse or dialogue yeah, it's about like something, it, the it, ru- the conversation. It, ruins, it totally ruins it. Yeah. So when I have to be really careful not to, and a lot of these things like, we, and we try not to even have me, you know, no meetings. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to air our business during, I think during the episode. And I think uh, maybe people, um, if, people have opinions on this, they can chime in as well. That's part of, I think, why I like to discuss this on the podcast. But we've talked about before, like, the idea of, like, should we have some kind of, like, a Slack channel or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have Twitter, and Twitter's okay, but it's,
2: Twitter sucks for uh, conversations, right? It does. I kind of miss things, um, just just because there's so much noise with Twitter on my account. It's really kind of hard for me to filter and see everything, so I, I think a, a, a Slack, primarily, you know, for those that want to engage us and maybe talk about an episode or even make suggestions or ask questions, I think Slack is probably a, might be a better medium than, than say Twitter.
1: That's what I was thinking too. And I I don't know if we have enough people that, and if there's enough of a community that wants to, you know, talk about the topics we've talked about or just the, just the podcast itself or give us
2: ideas or, just input you know i don't know i thought thought that might be fun so tweet the good day sir podcast about replacing twitter no not replacing not replacing
1: it's not replacing (laughs) they're they're for separate things we're gonna use
2: twitter to get the word out or to ask for feedback of whether or not we should use slack exactly (laughs) but doesn't slack have other features like we could like maybe we could do polls or stuff like that with it i don't know if slack has polls or it has integrations with tools that do that do or something probably yeah
1: that's getting a little
2: too scientific i just wanted to be able to start a poll with jeremy a butthole <laughs> do you,
3: do
1: you yes really or yes do you really need to go out to a survey to, to know the answer to that yes yes pretty or obvious it's obvious <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a related there's a related topic to that which is the idea of streaming the podcast live now this, this one is, makes me nervous. This one is, it doesn't make me nervous as much as I think the I'm dubious about the value. So here. are you
2: thinking like live <laughs> recorded stream or are you thinking something like a Periscope where we set up a camera? Not a camera. Okay. Uh, Live
1: audio feed. A camera's, that's not, that's too flaky. It takes too much bandwidth. It, you no, just they want to put more. your pants back on. I don't want to leave my pants off. That's, yeah. If we get a camera, I'll have to put <laughs> my pants back on. <laughs> you know, I'm all about com- comfort while I'm comfort. recording. Yeah. But a stream would be, I mean, the, the upsides to a stream are that, because that, we record, we already record at the same, on the same day at the same time every week when, yep. when we record. And so that's kind of the first thing you have to have is just a predictable schedule. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Either that, or I guess you just announce it and whoever just happens to be around. But you know, people can kind of know when we're going to record and they get, they've got time, they can they can jump on. And so for people who don't know, we usually record it on Wednesdays at three o'clock central time, which is currently five hours behind GMT. Well, we're normally six, but right now we're five behind. Yeah. <clears throat> because of the lovely daylight savings time switch. So, I mean, so, you know, people like in Europe or whatever, I mean, that's probably in the evening for them, so maybe they could jump on or people in the States, it would be, I don't know, in that mid-afternoon, they're bored or they're they're kind of just tapping on their computer working. They could throw in their headphones and, and listen live. And if we had a Slack channel, we could get lo- real-time interaction and feedback. Yeah. Or like people correcting us <laughs> with, our, with
2: all the so mistakes I would, I would say to that... <laughs> <laughs> <Are> we done? <laughs> wait, wait. I just realized that I couldn't use that <laughs> phrase and that it sounded like we're signing you off. just triggered right? me. I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> you, you hit the button, like, yeah. stop. <laughs> My totally Pavlovian response to that. I don't know that every show could be a live show. So maybe it's maybe it's something we propose doing maybe once a month or something where... We just say, hey, you know, this date is going to be our live date. That's the problem is expectation. If we
1: start <laughs> streaming live the same time every week, then if we're late or if we skip a week or people are going to say, hey, where are you? You know, we're sitting here waiting. <laughs> you know,
2: no, I just no. I, well, Are but you I making, know, are you making I, the argument to stream it every day I'm at the same saying, time? Or I'm, just, I'm just, saying just, just saying, like, let's pick like a, a month, like. The second week of every month is live live day. This seems completely arbitrary to me. Why?
1: Why do we pick a? a if we're going to stream, we're going to be set up for it. Why not just flip the thing on every time we start
2: recording? Okay. No, I'm actually. I like, just the You what's know, the if, logic in I doing, just wonder how it's going to work out with taking live feedback and trying to trying to talk, and then it's it's a it's a new dynamic for me. Some it is. It is. Maybe we just try it one day and see how it goes, or maybe we
1: ask people. Yeah. I, well, I'm curious enough. if Anyone would be interested in listening live and like jumping in the
2: Slack and. Interacting with us, well, or I, I correcting would imagine us. so. I mean, if anyone is interested, of, we w- get a lot of feedbacks of people who say during that conversation I was I was either yelling at you guys or trying to talk to you guys about it. Well, because they're in their car or wherever and they're listening, but they're in the conversation and they're they're sometimes they're trying to talk back to us, right? And this gives them an yeah. actual channel for that. And every time you interrupt me, they can tell you to stop interrupting me.
1: <laughs> that's my thing. <laughs> well, I know that's what I do. <laughs> it is what you do.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> we used to think it was because we were remote and I couldn't see when you were talking, and then we found out. No, now. It's, just, it's just it's just your rude. It's just me. That's That's just, I'm rude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. All right. So yeah, if, for rudeness. If you're in, if you'd be interested in a Slack channel or a live stream, let us know. If we if I don't hear much back, then we'll just we won't do it. But if people are interested and they, I mean, because I'd, and you know, the cool thing about the Slack is when we're done recording, just throughout the
2: rest of the week, like we can just you know we can keep conversing. And so I think you're discussing these things. two things in this. Conversation. It's really two separate things. Yeah. Whether or not you'd like, you'd think a Slack community would would be good.
1: Now, I think if you do do a stream, live stream, you really need the Slack. Yeah. But you could do the Slack by itself.
2: I'm trying to do the the logical math in my head. What does that function function look like? Basic
1: Boolean algebra, John. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Um, And the last thing is, you know, this is another thing I want feedback on. We try to do a good job of either not cussing... So, which is uh, saying bad words, slang words, curse words. What are they called? Bad words? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I try not to have a filthy mouth. Um, But sometimes, you know, they slip out or a guest or whatever, or we get excited. And we try to keep this as like an honest conversation. And sometimes when you have an honest conversation with another adult, like things come out, right? Yeah. Um, the problem is, is, at least in my mind, is people, um, some people may be listening to this with their kids in the room or something. Yeah. And so, or in the car. I want to know, is it valuable for us to, to keep this clean? You know, if the word does come out to, to, to bleep it or cut it out or something? Is I, that, know,
2: I know you're asking the audience, but to me, I I <clears> want <throat> it to be clean. You I, do? Yeah. Okay.
1: I was asking you, though. Oh, well. <laughs> I like to keep the language in check and uh, yeah.
2: make sure it's fun and friendly for everyone. All right. Well, that's good to know. And
1: Because I'm ambivalent, I think. I'm just like, I don't really care. Although, I don't... You know, if people... It, to me, I'm more concerned. It's, it's all about the children, man. You know, I don't want I don't, people listen in front of their little kids. You know, that's it, a problem. Yeah. I mean, I've got I've got CDs in my car. I do actually still have CDs. They're actually ones You're that so pe- old. people have burned for me. <laughs> but, you know, every time a customer comes, I know where they are. And I have to, I'm the manual. Like, when it comes up, I just hit the volume real quick.
2: Mm. Mm,
1: but I know what's coming because I've heard the song a bunch. You know, right. podcasts, it's, it's a problem. But anyway, if you, if you, because we have this clean rating and I, I don't know that I care about that either. I mean, what does that even do if you don't have that? What does that mean? I think
2: it's just part of the filtering. Like you can say, you know, I, I, I only so. want to see things that are clean. I don't want to, I don't want, or, or some people will see the explicit rating, which I think is the inverse of that is he'd actually get rated as explicit and then it might turn people off because they're not sure what they're getting into. Or yeah. Or do you, do you not come up in searches or I don't know? I think you do, but I think there's filters that will filter it out hmm. based on the rating.
1: Yeah. I mean, we try to keep it. We try not to say bad words, but they happen. You're a potty mouth. They do.
2: (laughs) Your clips are a potty mouth sometimes. All right.
1: Well, that's good meeting, John. That was it. Meeting adjourned. Meeting adjourned. So what's uh, what's on your mind this week? We did not talk about the Stack Overflow survey that came out again. Last year we talked about it. Do you remember that? Yeah. (laughs) I love how you ask me questions
2: and then you just
3: answer yourself. I don't care what your answer is.
2: I really don't care. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. bothered. It was not I a, it's beam. not a genuine question. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: the? I just want to make sure we, because this was a couple of weeks ago, this happened and we didn't talk about it. So I want to make sure we discuss it. Did you get to it? Did you read it? What was the question again? The Stack Overflow survey. No, I didn't. It's a survey of, I guess, developers or wh- wh- whoever, whoever uses Stack Overflow. It was interesting. Uh, JavaScript is ruling the world. JavaScript SQL. C Sharp is really growing. It's gonna get bigger. Yeah, Angular is like up there. Interesting, but of course, you know the thing for the, that's applicable to this podcast is uh, Salesforce. And for the second year in a row, now they've improved, but Salesforce has shown up on the most dreaded technology to work with. They're like number nine this year, though so they improved because last year they were weren't they number one was it number one or am I just making that up I know they were on the list I don't think they were number one I
2: think (laughs) they were still like number two or something I don't know
1: so they're they're like I think it looks like it's number nine 65% they got beat by Cordova wow interesting Lamp CoffeeScript wow Uh, SharePoint I can understand that Matlab WordPress and top of the list Visual Basic most dreaded (laughs) Yeah, I guess I can <clears throat> see that. Now this is interesting. Top technology on Stack Overflow. You can probably guess it's a programming language. JavaScript. Second is still Java. Crazy, huh? And then Android and Android is Java.
2: Yeah. Which is weird. Why is that weird? Well, it's not it's a, it's like <clears throat> a mix of languages and frameworks.
1: Technically not Java, right? It's it's a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have some there's some phrase that that's very legally and politically correct that says what Android is it's it's not mm-hmm. Java though but it, everybody knows it's Java um, anyway you have any thoughts on that? You mean like Apex? I found a discussion this uh, some interesting comments um, this guy says it's the only platform I've ever developed on and as far as I'm concerned people can dread Salesforce all they want it makes me more valuable which is I would say a that's a pretty right on answer for a typical your typical Salesforce
2: developer that's also kind of true. I mean, if we had a flood of developers come in, you know, the two million that we're supposed to have, you know, it'd
1: be a lot harder to get some work. Yeah, I mean, you're going to run a lot of people. off. I mean, it. You know, I don't. Need, it's like it, it constantly is running me off. But I have so many clients that that do this that it, it always I always get pulled. I get pulled back in by clients. That's where a lot of the the world I'm in. That's where a lot of the client work is. In, is in Salesforce. I mean, I'm always looking for that. A Java project or mobile, you know, like a. Speaking of Cordova, dreaded technology. Another dreaded. I used to work with two dreaded technologies. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, you know, and it just—I mean, Salesforce is a popular platform. It just happens to be, from a technology perspective, it, it's yeah. dreadful. It's just that's where a lot of the companies are. Yeah. Um, another guy said, uh, "While it puts us developers in very high demand, I wonder if it causes sort of a dead sea effect for the platform. More capable developers." <clears throat> may become dissatisfied with the platform and move on to other things, leaving behind the less talented developers who don't have that luxury and in a sea of bad contractors, how do you dif- differentiate yourself as good? well, that should be easy is it well yeah i mean your your more capable and more career mobile people will leave i mean they kind of dipped in because they got involved somehow, but they're going to get the hell out of here yeah. At least behind people who aren't as career mobile, who may not be as talented, mul- you know, multi-technology talented, or they don't they don't have a programming background. They didn't do computer science. They don't have software engineering skills. But they, you know, they start as an admin and learned how to do some SQL and some Apex and stuff, and they're copying and pasting from Stack Exchange, and it's you know, they're doing their thing. Um, in that environment, how does a someone who th- styles himself as a good Salesforce developer how do they differentiate themselves and I'm saying should be kind of easy because you're in this dead sea you called it a dead sea you're the one if you're the guy that's not dead I mean I
2: don't know. <clears throat> or is he saying that there's just so many I, th- I think that's the issue I mean you're you're it's kind of like that needle in a haystack how do you do that you know it you know when everyone's kind of filtering through and just you know seeing a certain level of talent it's it's hard to find that it, do you just mark yourself up and say, "Hey, I'm worth this much," and that that should speak to how talented I am in this? Is it is it a brand? Do you start, you know, creating some brand awareness around your name yes, or whatever it's, you do? It's your
1: personal brand, You've Got to start a conversation about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> when, when's your bio page coming out, Jeremy? I'm working on it. <laughs> so we can have a, few, a conversation few, about yes. your brand. That's a few years in the making. <laughs> Uh, that reminds- <laughs> I, it's, I don't think it's as easy to just say you know yeah everyone else sucks I'm awesome hire me instead because um, I, I, I mean, you decis- have to prove it through your work and your reputation yeah and that takes time to build oh absolutely and, you know it's it, it's even harder if you're kind of behind the umbrella of, of a company to differentiate yourself yeah. because don't the company that? is presenting their entire skill set or their entire capability or number of resources to get under your skin yeah <laughs> <laughs> And and a lot of times the client's budget dictates some of that, you know. <clears throat> yeah. It's it's like you know we can't afford to pay your three hundred dollar an hour developer. You know what else you got? It's like well we got these other guys. You just have a bunch of triggers and they'll do it for a hundred or fifty. You know. Yeah. You just have to remember to. Get your badges.
1: <laughs> I don't think that was
2: relevant at all. <laughs> that's how you differentiate yourself with badges in the Salesforce with world. Certifications I'm, and badges. That's what all that's what all people care about. No, no one cares about that. It makes I mean, I don't mean to say no one cares about that. Listen, I, it's okay, a, it's, so, it's a way to get
1: credentials without actually being good no. at anything and it's a lazy way to hire. And no. Pe- yes it is. What do you mean no?
2: Oh, you can't argue I either those things. I think you're making two different different points. Certifications maybe if you if you put a lot of value in that. Trailhead is not a certification. It's just a I didn't say learning it was. it's a gamified learning tool. But certifications are certifications. But no, yes, but no one's That's called the
1: identity property.
2: <laughs> I said it of certifications. <laughs> I've, already, I've already said it. No one cares about it but partners. And partners only care about it because no, Salesforce makes them care about yeah, it. I agree with that.
1: I mean, I know, like, you know, I'm probably more experienced with the Java, you know, world. And the guys you see with Java certifications are the ones that are right out of college that are trying to kickstart their career. It's really to, it's it's the most basic bottom of the barrel way you can prove that you are not an absolutely complete moron, Right. Once you get that certification, you get your first entry level job. You get some experience. Then your experience starts speaking for itself, right? And you've got some—you've actually got some skills. When you come out of—if you come out of college with a CS degree, you have no idea how to build software. Computer science degree is not has nothing to do with software engineering with building software. Yeah, it's about science. It's a—it's not an applied degree. So you come out, and what do you do? Well, shit! I, oops. See there, I go. <laughs> I try, folks. I try. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, you, you know, you you don't know how to build software unless you've done a lot of extracurricular stuff, but you really need that kind of that on the job training and go get and go get some training and get a certification. And you can get there's a few different Java certifications you can get and it and it just it's something to show a potential employer that yeah, I'm right out of school, but I'm but I can actually I know a little bit about this platform and how to maybe build some software on it. But once you get real work experience, uh and you've got some good referrals and everything, then it just It doesn't. It no longer matters.
2: Yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's just part of the normal
1: process of building. Well, except that's not the way the Salesforce world works, though. I mean, I, I know way too many intimately know, way too many people who employ Salesforce professionals, who basically the only way they hire is by certifications. If you've got the certifications, and you know you're not a felon, then it's a done deal.
2: Hmm, that seems wrong.
1: I mean, the first, their first question is, "Is oh, are they certified?" Oh yeah, they've got this cert and that cert. Oh okay, well yeah, let's get them. Let's get them then. Maybe they just need the cert. They, they do need it. <laughs> oh yeah, like consulting partners, right? Yeah, I mean, they're they the trying same. to maybe, maybe they just need the cert again. This is this goes back to tell me how you'll measure me, and I'll tell you how I will perform. So if Salesforce sells to, to partners. Hey, if you want to be a silver or a platinum or diamond or whatever the things are, then uh, okay, fine. If that's a, if that's what you care about, we'll go get the certs. And that's how we'll hire. That this is why I blame Salesforce for creating this really low quality uh, environment. Yeah, this culture, I, of this I, I, cert- certification culture. I'd like to culture. believe
2: that that's not everyone. I'd like to believe that there's companies out there. that oh, it's not everyone, who hire
1: in. But I'd like to believe that there's there's consulting companies out there that aren't doing that and that are doing that are really educating their customers on you know building salesforce implementations and projects in an agile way and everything else but it's few and far between there's well, it's not an a- inv-
2: it's an investment you can't just hire good people and say okay i got good people here we go i mean there's there's an investment also involved on the other side of it as the business owner or the partner in this case to have that ongoing education that ongoing reinforcement of of how you do things of you know the level of quality that you expect Um, also I mean in in, it's not just development and it's in all industries things change things advance and you got to stay up to date you got to be I mean a lot of us in a transition period from visual force to lightning getting into that
1: yeah we're just waiting on salesforce to actually deliver it step (laughs) up and deliver it and then you know with it we can go I mean right now you just you're still well yeah
2: I mean because you know we'd like to do some real world work but clients are going yeah but it doesn't do this and it can't do this or it can't do that and it's you know, so it's kind of slim pickings out there for for who people who are actually requesting.
0: Look at how this so. is going to work.
1: <laughs> one of these days, it, it will work. I'm just not sure when. Um. Yeah, there was there was one other comment on here that was I found interesting. I'm not sure I want to get into this. Um. Yeah, this is I'm, I'm just kind of funny. The entire ethos behind Force.com is to ultimately reach a point where this does not even matter. Tools
2: like Cloud Flow Designer essentially render the traditional developer obsolete. Yeah, but we've known that we've known Salesforce is, is always looking to replace developers with point and click tools. Mm, I disagree. I disagree.
1: Uh, let me finish this and we'll, we'll discuss. Okay. In the case of Cloudflow designer, the tool literally writes the code for you as you manipulate design elements in the canvas. And he goes in the lightning, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But, um, I do not think this, I'm not paranoid at all about this. This is not in the, this is did not concern me in the slightest. Because you can do certain things with the Cloudflow designer, right? But you're fine. It's cool. It's essentially, you know, advanced administration. But as soon as you get a problem that you need to solve that's not simple as a few boxes on the screen, it really does take code. I mean, you're not going to design a student scheduling system with algorithms and a whole packages of families of classes that implement this, you know, logic in the Cloudflow designer, right? and when you're tri- when you when you're tripping every limit in the system cuz all your stupid boxes that you drag and drop are bouncing off each other like, you know, <laughs> like a nuclear reaction, now you're going to you're going to need someone who really knows what they're doing to unwind this and figure this out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, know, it, when you can't deploy anything because flows essentially are undeployable in any sane way, you know, but yeah, if you're just if you're working in directly in production and you're doing simple stuff, it is it's very powerful. It's a cool tool, and I think for a lot of problems, it is a good solution for them. But for the problems I work on, people the, pro- the problems that people hire you and us for, it's it's not the not you know it's generally not the right tool. I mean, they're you
2: know right tool for the job, right? It, but, it is, but I, I still think that. <clears throat> It's not, let's not like state it outright that Salesforce wants to replace this. I say that in meaning that, you know, a lot of, most of the time they focus on these tools because their audience are these admins. They're, they're the Salesforce army. That's one of their audiences. Are the administrators who are, who are yeah. able to do these things. Who, who, whenever they're selling the tool and someone says, Hey, we need to do this. And they go, Yeah, you can just do that by point and click. <clears throat> that, that's, that's a big selling point. And then for the admins to be able to say, Yeah, I can do that with this without a developer.
1: Totally agree, but I mean, they, Salesforce has a lot of audiences. Admins are one of them. Developers, one of them. You know, prospects, customers, government. I mean, they've got a lot of different audiences, and they're going to tailor their message for each one. Admins, hey, look at how, look at. You know, there's an article this past, of course, it was written by a Salesforce MVP. It was like you know the the, the rise of the, the admin, or
2: huh? You got against
1: MVPs? Well, you are an MVP, right? Just saying it's, it's <laughs> not the way you said it. Should, should I be offended? No, I'm just saying it's <laughs> it's a biased source. Is anyway, um, yeah, you know the rise the rise of the admin and everything, which is which is all good and it's it's true. I mean, um, a lot of these admins were, you know, they've basically built their career. I mean, Salesforce. The reason they why well, they've got this. Like you, what do you call them An admin army, or what? Are the Salesforce army of these admins who would, you know, kiss the ring of Benioff is because he's created their career. They built their career on this, and then now they're powerful people. They're powerful in their organization. Like they can do some pretty amazing things with Salesforce, <laughs> right? Without yeah. without requiring a programmer or complex
2: deployment processes and version control. You don't have to have all that. And like I said, I mean, that just speaks to what we what we started talking about, which is the kind of placement of Apex and all this kind of stuff. It's not something they're spending a lot of time advancing or opening up. And maybe they will in the future, like I said. I, I want to think that with Lightning, they're going to decouple some things and, and make it a little more open. They've even started including all these different newer technologies into their stack for some of the kind of internal features or the features they're providing that we can't really extend or customize. But I'd like to think that we'll get there. Yeah. My my
1: point though is just that, you know, the Salesforce has a lot of audiences with different messages and it's, it's a big ecosystem now. What do they say? It's a, a hundred, like a $120 billion ecosystem.
2: Hmm.
1: There's plenty of room for me. I'm not worried. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. And also as this ecosystem gets bigger, you've got bigger organizations. I mean, I'm work, you know, work with big companies and big organizations. They have big problems that you can't drag and drop your way out of. I'm, you know, this is not a concern. The person that wrote that comment was just not aware of... They're aware of their world and how they solve things. And as far as that goes, they're right. right? But there's a much bigger world that they're not considering when you make comments like that. Yeah, Because they're just not true in that broader context. You're not obsoleting anyone by having a drag-and-drop flow designer. Okay. Yeah, to that point, I agree. Now, if if the pie wasn't growing, right... Then we might have a different discussion,
2: but this pie is growing hugely. Huge. I don't. I don't know that it's huge. High growth has anything to do with it. It's just this—the size of the actual problem that you're trying to trying to solve for. The complexity. You you understand what I'm saying, though. The size of the whole ecosystem is getting bigger.
1: Yeah. Right. So even if my the slice that I'm involved in, like it's percentage wise, doesn't change, that it's still getting—it's all getting bigger. Like you know, it's okay. My search There's yeah. room. We're not, we listen. We don't have to talk about obsoleting each other. There's room for everyone here. <laughs> it's a big party. Listen, if you that's if, if you know nothing else about Salesforce yet, you should know it's a big party, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are so excited. Okay, John.
2: I'm just going to keep going. You're going to have to stop me. I know you have topics, but. Well, I'm just. I'm, I'm you asked here. me I'm if rolling. I had topics, and well. then you went ahead with your topics. So okay, and then we just finished one of your topics.
1: Okay, I'm calling this meeting to order, John. Would you have any topics you would like to discuss today in today's podcast recording of the Good Days Sir Podcast? <laughs> so I want to say no, to <laughs> <'cause
2: you said laughs> <me off. laughs> It was that we got yeah. ourselves pumped up. I'm in a mood now. <laughs> you are. No. Uh, Salesforce and NEC partnering up to data center in japan i was gonna bring that up earlier because that's kind of relevant to our discussion with sean last week and we, we got into somehow their growth and their reach i guess in the uk and then and then basically in other markets you know their ability to kind of penetrate that so and i made the comment that you know we have seen them make some significant investments in trying to create new data centers in some of these areas and and this is just another example of that
1: so yeah, so they're open, they're building a new data center I guess or NEC is going to run it for them because they're in the data center it's, business.
2: I guess it's some kind of collaboration. I'm yeah. thinking it's pretty tough to get your foot in the door as a newcomer and maybe NEC's established relationships with I the government. Have two it, problems, regulation yeah. and culture. Yep. Can make that easier yep. for them. So. Uh the other one, the other news item is Aptis. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: They're leaving the mothership. <laughs> they're not leaving. <laughs> they're, they're, they're leaving not, they're, the, they're leaving the nest. They're on their little wobbly little legs,
2: and they're you know getting further and further <laughs> away from their, from their parents. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just got the visual. I don't know why good. You painted a picture there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so um yeah, they' announced support <clears> for <throat> dynamics or adding support for dynamics. I'm not All sure right. if it's out or available yet, but they, they've announced that they're working on that. Well, considering
1: they got royally hosed by Salesforce, I don't blame them. Well, plus, I mean, obviously, Salesforce is not going to promote Aptus anymore because Salesforce owns their own competitive offering.
2: Aptus isn't public, though. Are they still private? Yeah. Because I I think last year there were talks about them going public, and they had a significant investment from Salesforce Ventures. I'm not sure if they still, I'm assuming they still do this year. Um, So I, I think they're just trying to grow their business, find a way to stand on their own, you know, get out of that startup mode. And expanding, you know, the market, they, they're they going to have to do that with Salesforce pushing Steelbrick now. Yeah. Have they renamed that yet? Is it, are we still calling it Steelbrick? I think so. I haven't heard a new name. Yeah.
1: Steelbrick Lightning.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> quote to cash, Lightning Quote to cash, or I don't know. I,
1: when i was reading that Aptus news i they they just i guess everyone does this and i just should not let it bother me the, the pr speak but they're like "Yeah, we're the first ones to ever build a quote to cash solution and all this i'm like really <laughs> <laughs> stuff's <laughs> been around for like three decades now uh, you just built a new version of it and got a bunch of vc ca- capital so you could throw parties and get customers
2: yeah that's the other thing that they're, they're they're venture funded and they're they spent so much money at Dreamforce. That's what venture funding for, is for—is just to blow it. I guess
1: you have to. It's enterprise software. How do you get customers? We've talked about this a million times. <laughs> Big <laughs> fancy steak dinners and parties <laughs> and after parties and after the super secret after after parties. Oh yeah, I never been to one of those. <laughs> no. um, we, you, we'll, you probably you don't want to be. No, no, nothing good happens there. So speaking of quote to cash, though, um, did we? Just, I think at the time we talked about steel brick, there was no, I don't think it was announced what they paid for Steelbrick, And it's still, it's still an undisclosed thing because I guess steel brick's private and whatever, they didn't really announce it, but the, the, there was kind of whisper rumors that it was around 600 million, which hmm. is yeah, not bad. Um, but uh, <laughs> if you go back and read their most recent financial statements, no, that's not the case. It looks like there was no cash paid for steel brick. Um, Really? Yeah. If you read their ten K, um, upon closing the transaction, the company issued four million eight hundred twelve thousand three hundred twenty-five shares of company common stock in exchange for the outstanding shares of Steelbrick Capital stock. The total estimated consideration for Steelbrick was over three hundred million, and primarily primarily in shares. Well, primarily sounds like there was some cash. Except it's just, if they paid cash, then where did it come from? It's not. It's not on the books. Hmm. And 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 again again the six hundred million was just a complete guess like it was not a real number, so looks like they uh, here we go. Um, the company will issue common stock. Blah blah blah. Valued at approximately three hundred sixty million dollars. Um, three hundred million net of cash acquired, meaning they also got their they bought their cash. Silbrex cash as well. So hmm. you net that out to three hundred
2: million. Um. Like it's your in 600. other words, they
1: actually okay. They, they seem to have acquired sixty million dollars of Steelbrick's cash, right? Um, in exchange for issuing four point eight million dollars in Salesforce stock valued at three hundred sixty million, about seventy five bucks a share.
2: Yeah. Well, there you go. So, who 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 was the de- deal better for? <clears throat> did like s- Salesforce steal it, or did did Steelbrick just? Make, I don't know make, because make out on their investment. I don't
1: know what Steelbrick's revenues were. I don't know mm-hmm. anything. I don't know what any of their numbers
2: were. We do know it was built on lightning. <laughs> Not. <laughs>
3: um, mm-hmm.
1: John, Jeremy, we need an update.
2: It is. Uh, so this is the
1: three forty-three. <laughs> this is this is the weekly update on John's mysterious app that he's building
2: the app. I haven't had a chance to do anything with since you don't
1: have to say that because we don't know. You could totally make something. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, I uh, built this new system that renders the UI in comic sans. There you go. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to have to build that as a joke. This will be like some kind of Easter egg where you can put the app in comic sans mode. I don't know
1: if you're still on target. What was it? June something?
2: I'm still planning June, but I I do have a lot of catch up work to do. Um, but yeah, I'm still planning on June to at least talk about it. Uh, I would love to like introduce it to you on the air and make you use it and get your like real time feedback. Yeah. Um, John, I'm going to
1: need to see an updated Gantt chart for your project just to make sure that you're on schedule. Oh, yeah. I need to see your list of your critical path items, please. My dog ate it. Yeah. I need to update on your task. A percentage complete, please, on each one. This is Agile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is uh, corporate Agile, is what we oh, call okay. it. Yeah.
2: Corporate mm-hmm. agile. yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. We need to have weekly scrums and.
1: (laughs) Well, that was a quick segment. John's app,
2: (laughs) check. Uh, Let's see. I have my big topic, but I'm I'm I'm, I
1: want you to get through your topics. Well, so uh, I guess a new chapter in the theme of everyone, or the the ecosystem of large Salesforce consultants consolidating or getting purchased. IBM bought Blue Wolf. Yeah. I don't know why that wasn't in my notes, but yeah, I read that. <laughs> so Blue Wolf was one of the if not the original like Salesforce consulting partner. And this is an interesting thing because of the relationship between Blue Wolf, Salesforce, um IBM, Oracle, it's it's very <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of Relationships and um, not antagonism. What's the word? Just co-opetition. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, something like that. But anyway, um, but I did find it funny that you know IBM just got through a round of like tens of thousands of layoffs, and then they go buy Blue Wolf for two hundred million dollars.
2: Well, I mean, it's not like IBM's like this one company. It has a lot of different divisions that do a lot of different things and. You may have to shrink a division and grow another just because of the way the markets work.
1: The reality is, is intellectual property is valuable, but people are not. I'm so cynical. I know. <laughs> Whereas, uh, <laughs> don't I have a, hang on. Um, this coming from the guy that doesn't like the word resources.
3: <laughs> it's
1: my downer of the day. <clears throat> so blue wolf will join IBM's IX practice. Do you know what IX is?
2: Internet of Things? <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> no. Know. Interactive experience. Oh, of course. X always means experience. Yeah.
1: Man, and I've, gosh, if you read their, I read their part of IBM's press release about, oh, they've just got so many buzzwords about digital experience and transformation. Just a lot of the, actually the same stuff that Salesforce, it's like, you can listen. You can watch one of these big, pretty Salesforce videos, and in the end, you're like, "What did they just say?" None of those words meant anything. They were just <laughs> buzzwords. Anyway, but I've, I've I've read somewhere that IBM uses Sugar CRM internally. But isn't that doesn't IBM have their own CRM? And haven't they bought a couple of CRM companies before? I don't know. Anyway, I wonder if they'll switch to Salesforce now. Well, we know. We do. We know that. If you are a Salesforce consulting party, you partner, you damn better well switch to Salesforce internally because the heat is on. <laughs> uh, well, what, what was the quote? What was this? What was the exact words?
0: I don't know. Just that. letting you know. I'm surprised you, you don't have a yeah, clip. I,
1: I should. I know. <laughs> arming <Strong-arming> you. <clears throat> oh, here's I, here's a quote. There's no question that the consumer grade experience has emerged as a fundamental element in modern business strategy. But actually, that wasn't, that wasn't one of the buzzword-laden ones. Actually, the reason I copied that is because they're – I think what they're saying here you – again, know, I'll say this again. There's no question that the consumer-grade experience has emerged as a fundamental element in modern business strategy. I think that what they're saying there is Salesforce is actually consumer-grade software, meaning it's not ugly, hard-to-use, crappy, mm-hmm. typical enterprise software. It's consumer-grade, which in this case is actually a compliment. I see, but the weird thing is, I guess it just depends on who you ask. Because some people are like, "Well, last week I was like, oh, Salesforce one is so slow you can't even use it," and a lot of people, a lot of people think the Salesforce UI is just terrible. Um, but you're referring to classic, not Lightning, not Lightning. Okay. this is, kind of excludes Lightning. I just don't count Lightning because it's still just it's just not right. I know you can use it for some parts and whatever, but and even even with Lightning, I mean, the interesting thing about and I'm not a you know you'd have to do some like. Fancy lab heat map testing and to figure out, but the thing with Lightning that yeah, it looks it looks more modern for sure, and it it's the architecture of Lightning is more modern.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But like everything's big and bubbly, and you can't fit near as so much stuff on the screen. And to get to the things you want to get to, the, your fields and related lists, it's like things are harder to get to in Lightning. Arguably, I'm just gonna say arguably, right? Yeah, and, it'll, and I think it's gonna take time and some iteration, right? I don't expect Salesforce to nail. It. We've I've already Said so many times I, I support this initiative. It's, it had to happen. And it's, and I'm glad they didn't try to do this as a big bang because mm-hmm. that's just absolutely impossible. And I think by the time it's actually done and ready for most companies to be able to use it, they will have already iterated like two or three times and fixed some of these things, which I look at right now and think, that's kind of a usability problem. Because I, not only do I see it, but, but I don't even use Salesforce. I'm not a big Salesforce user. I, I'm listening to people. Yeah, what they're saying about it that I did do, do use Salesforce to get their job done every day. But I think they'll have iterated on this thing enough times
2: and fix a lot of these things. I think so. I I I mean they've definitely changed their design philosophy and their user experience and they've also kind of changed their their focus, you know, with Lightning with Salesforce Classic and traditionally software of the past has been very much about data input, data output. So your screens were all built around, I need an opportunity screen. Here's my screen, and here's everything I need to, to be able to put in for that opportunity. Now the philosophy's changed to kind of the activity side of it. You know, you're not you're not a data entry person. You're a salesperson who's got to get things done, not enter a bunch of data. Um, and so that philosophy's changed, and with that has, has come this kind of new thing that people are going to have to learn and, and adjust to. But I guess, because people are like, listen, you're going to have to rip... The,
1: all those custom fields for my cold dead hands, because I need them. I want to see them. I don't want to have to click that's, to three different a, pages. I know that's it's, an
2: old cultural problem. That's that's, and that's going to change as as more mm. more of these younger people get into you know start filling in these roles and we start kind of oh, the
1: millenniums to the rescue, right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god, how do you use this computer? What is this a
1: mainframe? This thing you got to use your hands. What is this? You call <laughs> this a laptop? Oh my god, where's my where's my tablet?
2: gonna use tablets. That That's the way things are going.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I, hope, I, just, I, I, hope, I want to be
2: retired by then, is all I have to say. You're old. I'm going to use that as an opportunity to segue into to my next topic if you got no others.
1: Uh, I got nothing else other than I think it was um, the other consultancy that saw, uh, IBM bought was Opti- Optivia. And there is Microsoft CRM consultancy. Hmm. Interesting, huh? It is interesting. I, th- I, you know what I think this is. I think IBM is going to try to find ways to sell all of their deep learning and machine learning technologies.
2: That is the thing these days. It really is, um, and that's perfect for my next topic because Salesforce uh, Was acquired that a- <laughs> acquired uh, MetaMind, a company <clears throat> called MetaMind. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's another one of these startup companies that that's focused on, on artificial intelligence, similar to, um, well, not similar to, but in like their acquisition of, oh shoot, relate IQ. Is that what it used to be before it was? Yeah. Relate IQ. Um, what was the other one? started with a P. Um, I don't remember now. They've had several. but several, they've had several. Yeah. Um, and you know, the market and we'll get into this because that's my next big topic is, is Microsoft's big push into AI. We have Amazon's push into AI. You know, Google hasn't made any big announcements in AI, but we know they're they're tinkering with it. Um, no, that's not true. In fact, they open sourced their um this
1: is maybe a few months ago, but they open sourced their um what do you call it? Basically, their AI library. Oh, have they? Yeah, I didn't hear so that. So that
2: you can embed it in and reuse it. Okay. <clears throat> um, and and so I mean, these big players, these technology companies. Well, IBM obviously with Watson. Oh, yeah. Um HP's got a bunch going on with that. Yeah, so I'm sure Amazon does. I mean it, it's everyone does, right? Microsoft. Yeah, my note for this topic was um it's it's about AI, not IoT. The, the the future of these next few years and what the world's gonna focus on and what people are actually gonna care about is not IoT, it's not a bunch of freaking devices on the internet. It's it's gonna be intelligent devices. It's gonna be things that can communicate. We've already replaced human jobs that have to do with assembling
1: things. Then we replaced human jobs that had to do with like basic support. Now we're replacing
2: human jobs that are required, people thinking. No, I think what, what's happening these days is we have this flood of information, and we've got information coming to us from everywhere, from Twitter, from Facebook, from our devices, from our houses.
1: Oh my God, my tweet stream, I just can't keep up with my tweet stream, and so many...
2: You know, it's to the point where we have so much information. We need a personal assistant to help us manage our our. It's it's like you know someone who's got a really busy schedule and they can't they can't be bothered to do sit you, there and. You need set someone up to read calendar, your, your and, tweet
1: stream for you, John. Yes, <laughs> you I, I do. Surface surface out all the
2: important yeah. elements. And and now that now the millennials don't <laughs> want to work for free, so there's no internships to get that done. <laughs> so. I, it's, I think it's just a natural progression. As we get this flood of information, we're going to need ways to organize it, better ways to or, to communicate with it. Um, and, and I think that's where these these kind of artificial intelligence software, I'll use Microsoft term, yeah. bots. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's that's where it's going. And as that gets better, then IoT can happen because IoT will be a little bit smarter for it it's not you having to manage that device it's your technology managing the device and incorporating it in ways that are useful and, and these things seem they 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 seem together
1: is that a is that a verb to seem, seem? something they, they have so. a seam right um I think IOT is part of the is what creates all this data I mean IOT is throwing off right gigabits of records or whatever and then you, you have to have some kind of either business intelligence or some AI to make sense of it, right? Right. And I, so I think they're related, but they're kind of
2: different. They're different parts of,
1: of the digital transformation.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're all still kind of fairly isolated. They're not really communicating with each other, which makes them a little less useful in that aspect. Yeah. So metamind is a, um, their
1: focus on the one, you know, their branch of AI was computer vision. So it's like showing it an image, like a JPEG. Mm-hmm. And it can look at it and figure out what it's. It can see what it's looking at. Oh, that's a person. That's a car with you know this make and model or whatever. Um, and they speaking of Google, I think it was like six months ago there was the bit there was this big computer vision contest and all these AI guys submitted their algorithms or their systems or whatever, mm-hmm. and they came in second place to Google actually. Wow, so best computer computer vision system. So knowing that. How would Salesforce use computer vision technology? I know how. That damn Cisco demo. It's gonna look at your rack of (laughs) Cisco blades and it's gonna (laughs) tell you which one needs to be replaced. You're gonna be wearing your Google Glass. It's gonna be scanning everything and
2: just telling you what to do. It's like Terminator, you know? That'd be a dumb use for it. Actually, an awesome use for it. What are you talking about? (laughs) So, so I could see. Okay, are, are we gonna be real about it now? I'm sure. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> you not you don't you're not looking at me with terminator vision are you <laughs> By the time you know it'll be too late So so I I have I have some two practical uses and I have one crazy use that it's that I it's kind of off the wall but and kind of creepy but we'll get into that So my 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 first practical is if they want to get into the retail market a little bit more you know maybe maybe they can have devices that will scan products and incorporate them into the system identify them and and it becomes part of like your your um your system for getting products in into the system or catalog them and identify them and categorize them automatically for you those kind of things almost like an inventory system I guess is what I'm trying to say okay um, the other one is um which is probably more likely is incorporating into the marketing tools and social media so that it can actually take you know, someone posts an image about something and it can I analyze it and then make some sense out of it. So if someone takes a picture of their broken machine and you're a company that supports that, maybe it can recognize that someone took a picture of a broken machine and flag it and send it to to someone specifically or at least identify it's just a dumb meme that someone's spamming our account with. You know, those type of things. So those yeah. are my two kind of practicals.
1: Yeah, and I don't know I don't, I'm creative enough and I don't follow that space enough to understand what the applications are for this. Mm-hmm. But obviously this is something where it's this is the this is the this is the arms race now. I still have my crazy uh, idea amongst the big
2: technology companies. I still have my crazy idea. All right, go for it. So my crazy idea is they will use it in Salesforce One. You're a sales rep. You just scan the room. It starts identifying people that it knows about in your contacts, brings them up, and you can start you can start a conversation. Say, hey, don't you work for IBM? And haven't we done some things for you? And there you go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's the creepy side of it creepy side I, super I it's creepy yeah. I'll be just sitting somewhere minding my own business and someone's gonna scam me with their phone and go <laughs> I know you that's I what Google Glass
1: are. already did didn't it like you walk up to someone just, that doesn't like, make John go and his you know I didn't say I did the so the guy that started the company was like you know, he was like a Stanford PhD some really young guy uh, he's Richard Socher I'm gonna say Socher Either that are or soche or soccer, maybe, maybe. Uh, he will be the chief scientist at Salesforce, but I feel so, like okay. Salesforce has like eight chief scientists now. And every time they when they hired the relate IQ guy, he became like their chief scientist. Maybe it's maybe it's chief slightly
2: data scientist. Maybe that's what he was. These are all
1: these are mainly these are all aqua
2: hires, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we we may be focusing on the the visual AI perspective, but it, it could also just be his his skill set and being able to analyze this information and make sense of it. I mean, it could be applied in other, other areas.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I have some have some more bad uh, performance outage news, John. A few days ago, much of more uh, downtime, unplanned downtime. NA2, NA5, NA6, NA9, NA10, 13, 19, 20, 27, 28, 29 for, what's this, seven hours? Um. Downtime. Root cause. I love these root causes. You ready? I haven't even read this yet, but... The disruption was caused by a software fault in the cross-instance call, which generated resource contention on the application tier. A change was made, and the cross-instance calls were not able to persist. As the contention cleared, resources became available, and normal performance was restored. Cool. (laughs) Full Uh, (laughs) beans. The fault was caused by a software fault, which caused your... Or default. Hmm.
2: All right. Can I use my new word? I think. If I say it right. Lecker beans. What is that? I don't know. Isn't lecker like cool? I don't know. I think that's what Sean taught me. It was lecker. Like, oh, cool. I don't know. We'll that's call not... him before I publish this so we can know whether or not we need to beep. That <laughs> 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 I said. <clears throat> well, I am. I'm through my topics, John. What else? All right. Let's get to some Microsoft stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had their big build conference. They announced a lot of stuff. I'm not going to cover it all. No, I want I want every detail. Everything, you want to get into Xbox because you're not a gamer. That's true. That would bore me. You want to get into VR? Mm. Mm, kind of bores me too. Yeah, especially VR <clears throat> for business. I hate how they're trying to. I I, I shouldn't say hate. I just think it's weird that we're going to be in a business environment all wearing headsets. It's just creepy. Uh, it's I don't know. At some point, it's coming. Uh, Your doc. We don't even see our doctors anymore. Now we're now we're going to see our doctor with a VR with a virtual scan of our body. No, they'll see you with a virtual scan. Yeah, they'll see, yeah. but we won't even see our, we'll even see our doctor's eyes. They'll just, he wouldn't even have to be in the room. He'll be in like, an, you know, his cabin in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> giving me a physical. <laughs> <laughs> turn your head and cough. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Actually, I won't have to turn my head anymore. He'll just say cough. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, the conference was interesting because of the types of people that they had, the way they presented. It was, it was, fairly Apple-like in that it was kind of casual. They they really focused on the features and tried to make the features really exciting. It wasn't a typical list of features and and technical dry speak by really old executives. It was actually you know, God, you're so ageist. I you know I can't help it. Old people are boring. <clears throat> oh my gosh. <laughs> You're talking about I am old. <laughs> it's true. I can say it because I'm old. All right. Um, so clip one. Clip one is actually more relevant on video Ooh, clips. than it is um, <clears throat> audio. But the audio will still do justice because it's the way he's speaking. It's the way he looks. I'll, we'll, we'll play it. He's wearing a fedora. He's got this what suit on. Zoot suit. I don't know what kind of suit it is. Just going of suit and vest. Was it a Zoot suit riot? I don't know. Do they throw back a bottle of beer?
1: no 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 okay uh I'm gonna make this better. I can get to my sticky notes right here. Check this out. I wrote the word tomorrow, and because we're combining the power of the pen and the PC, you see it turn blue. So that if I touch it, my homie who rots at reminders, Cortana's easily able to come up and actually set that reminder for me. 72% of people uh, still use pen and paper. Here's what I want to call out because I have the power of the PC. I can do cool stuff like have a ruler. So maybe these lines were not as cool as I wanted them to be. Uh, Look how I'm easily able to come in and rotate this. I can come in and get my.
2: Yeah, so. Anyways, it was it's, it's his delivery, the way he spoke, you know, my homie, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It was just this kind of very casual conversation, you know, being excited about the features. I mean, this guy sounds like a like a rapper or something. He's actually a, a musician. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> well, he's... he he's, he's, he's that whole shtick. So his title is, he's the product manager of Windows and Device <laughs> Group. But he, he has this kind of interesting backstory. His name's Brian Roper, where he's like a jazz piano player musician type of guy there's a whole story blog post on him he's a cool cat yeah and so so <laughs> he it's the backstory is that his music interest took him places i think he originally wanted to be like a comic book artist or something um and so all that took him to places where he ended up going to school and meeting people and ultimately ended up at microsoft so i don't know it's just it's just an interesting change in the type of people at microsoft the type of people they're they're champing and putting up there in front of everyone so i thought that was interesting yeah
1: well, Apple has uh, Dr. Dre, right?
2: Yeah.
1: yeah um, Salesforce has who's the watch, the guy with the failed watch? Really annoying band he was in um, with the girl.
2: Oh, Will Am. Yeah. 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 Ah, I forgot his name. Yeah. I haven't heard about him in a while. <laughs> um, the next one I think you'll be excited about uh, play clip two.
3: DK. So next I want to move and talk about web development. So today
1: I am Yeah, I know what this is, and I've been saying this. This is this was without a doubt like one of the hardcore requirements that I have to have if I was or to go to Windows again.
3: So excited to announce the Bash Shell <clears throat> is coming to Windows. This is native Ubuntu Linux binaries running on Windows through the magic of a new Windows sub. So
1: native so, Ubuntu binaries, that's weird. Okay.
3: So it all depends on how
1: it's implemented. I mean, to do it right, you've got to have a POSIX-compliant operating system that supports all the calls and everything. Because ideally, because I actually don't use my... I usually, my shell, I usually use the Z, Z shell. Mm-hmm. Um, Bash is fine, Z shell just got some more nice things that I like. Um, but if it's truly... Because NT was... POSIX compliant back in the day. And I, maybe Windows Server still is. I don't know. I don't think so, though. Because NT back in the day, I mean, it, it ran on um, like Sparks and Alphas, and it was, they had a different vision for when mm-hmm. they first created a server operating system. It was POSIX compliant. Nowadays, I don't think it is, but maybe they're going back towards that. Either that or they're, they're using this Ubuntu binary, and they've got like an emulation layer, which if that's the case,
2: eh, not as exciting, but moving the right direction. It could be a stepping stone into that direction. I, I I see Microsoft really transitioning to to kind of opening up their technologies a bit more like that. Yeah, I don't know that I don't know this is necessarily
1: opening anything. It's just it's providing me the interface to their operating system that is part of what I re- require. This is how I have to be able to interact with the computer.
2: I think it's going to have to be. I mean, they're they're getting they're pushing into the Linux environment. They they have SQL Server. That was another news item. This SQL Server will be will be. I'm not sure if it's yet or announced, um, but it, they'll they'll be able to run on Linux. Yeah, and so when when your technology stack is starting to do that, I mean, I don't I don't see them creating different blocks of code for those two different environments. I see them wanting to kind of I'm going to use a buzzword, synergize yeah. <laughs> <something>. oh, <laughs> I see them wanting to kind of bring that together. You know, simplify the code bases. They're not going to want to want these to kind of branch off. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I just see further integration with, with uh, more Linux or Unix stuff.
1: Yeah. And PowerShell was kind of interesting, but, and, and maybe you can do more powerful things with it than you can with whatever, like the MS DOS thing that they gave you before, before that. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, you know, the, basically the whole server world runs on bash scripts. You've got to have bash
3: system. We've partnered with Canonical to deliver this great console experience, which you'll be able to download directly from the Windows Store. So today, I'm excited to announce that we're now adding the Desktop App Converter for Win32 and .NET apps and games. What this converter does, it takes an existing desktop app and converts it into a centennial, what we now call a modern desktop app.
1: You know what that's all about? Yeah.
2: I know that's probably not what you wanted to talk
3: no, about, it but oh, it is okay.
1: Yeah,
2: it was my next item on the on the list. Okay, so what the hell is that? It's it. So it solves the problem that they had with Windows development in that the classic style of applications you built and the applications you've built on .NET and everything else could not be put onto the Windows Store. You had to build a whole new application that was designed to work with the Windows Store and thus work with mm. you know the whole Windows tile system. Um, so there's a lot of backlash. Their store did not grow as much because of that. I mean, you you could just couldn't take your apps and put them on. Um, uh, the the reason I can confirm that is that after this, they they of course announced that Sage 200, which is a an ERP system by Sage. We've talked about Sage before, um, but it's an, it's a Windows application, and so they they basically used that as an example to say, here's an application that could not be on the store before because they weren't going to rewrite their their application. Now with this converter, they can, and it's available on the store. So they're making that entry into the store much easier. That's cool. Um, you know, so that's one of those things that the devil's in the details, you know, how well does it work? <laughs>
1: does it, does it just, I mean, I can remember, for example, when Intuit first made QuickBooks available online, they took literally their Windows QuickBooks program, wrapped it in an ActiveX control and put it in a web page. It was a
2: Windows yeah. programming running in an ActiveX control. Right. You know. Now I. I don't think they're going that route with this. Now, my next clip um, is more of a story that was told in a, uh, I guess, one of those sessions that they had about this topic, about the um, centennial, is that what they called it? Yeah. And it talks about some of the things they had to do to transition it, but I'm I'm not covering that part, but, um, and some of the shortcomings with, with, so this whole video, I'll link up to this video, I'm sorry. I'll link up to this whole video because I think it's worth watching if you're inter- interested in this and Windows and, and all that kind of stuff that they had to do to make this work. But essentially, they had to decouple these applications from the Windows registry. That's a
1: necessary thing. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh. So, so it is kind of a kludge because they do kind of basically have to replicate the registry in a file system within the application. But it shows that they're moving away from that dependency, The the way applications are a pain to install, a pain to uninstall, all the... Shared libraries that become just hell for for any system. I mean, they'll conflict even with their own applications. Um, and actually, that's the kind of story I wanted to play with. Uh, clip three. All right. That's a twenty three
1: thirty. What you said? Twenty
2: three twenty. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. the one you have to queue up manually. Okay.
1: Live production. <laughs> Good afternoon,
4: everybody. All right.
1: um Oh, there's. It doesn't even tell you. But... Windows
4: 8. We always okay. talked about. I'm just having a guess here. Okay.
1: Server stuff. It should tell you. Not until you release. Slower, oh. like
4: boot slower.
2: Oh wow. Yeah, it's kind so of you their own proprietary. Player. The installer laid all this stuff down. I should have tried to see if they no, had I have that on no YouTube. No idea what
4: this is. Obviously, only the Adobe engineers know what this stuff is. But they obviously it's must really, right really rely on screenshot of the registry. Doable yeah. operations and min page file mem right so that's those things are really important to that app but they're really not important Just to boot don't the touch them <laughs> so We take all that stuff and we put it into this reg file and um, in a little bit I'll talk about how it all actually comes together at the end but so far this is basically what the installer did to your system um, funnily enough when uh, app v first got bought by Microsoft I got a call back very-
2: okay. so so what he's talking about is they actually developed a tool as part of their um way to try to get these applications migrated to the store. I, I, think, I think they called it a sequencer. I'm not sure if that's something that's public available or if it's only something they use internally, but it was a way to kind of inspect and see what that installer did. You know, all the things it touched, oh. all the things it modified. So that's kind of what you're seeing. Okay. And that leads into this other story. So continue.
4: Quickly from the, uh, what was it? Um, the SQL server team. Okay. Server stuff. We are client stuff. You know, NT service thingy. We're apps. And they said, Oh, can we use the sequencer, which is the, the tool that AppV has? I said, Yeah, why? They said, We have no idea what our installer does to the system. We want to figure it out. I believe it, yeah. I said, Really? They said, Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I, uh, the next time I was in Redmond, I went in there, we sequenced it. And they were like just spellbound for hours going through. What it, It's just stuff that accumulate over the years. Some engineer built some feature 15 years ago and then updated the MSI to throw more stuff in there and that code has been sitting There forever. And the big problem that they Had, by the way, was that sometimes sql server just kind Of stopped working. And it turned out it was Like installation issues, of course, because somehow or Other the install didn't work right because msi is just Terrible. It's, by the way, i own a
1: so he's the in, installing framework MSI. So what he's yeah. talking about? Okay, yeah. So that's that's that kind of new package bundler they did with, and that's one of those things I still have nightmares about, like Windows development, but like packaging, like creating an installer that, you know, that bundles everything up into an MSI. Just because I had no idea what was actually happening. I'm like, I know how to make this work. I know mm-hmm. how to package this app as an MSI, but I really have no idea what's going on. And if something goes wrong. I have no ability to like debug this or fix it
2: I'm just I'm done yeah if it doesn't work then <laughs> I'm just done <laughs> and, th- and that's pretty much the the history with it I mean it's th- they created this installer it does a bunch of stuff like you know look for shared libraries to decide whether or not it's going to install a library or if it's just going to point to the existing library that's on the system and that that creates a lot of a lot of headaches you know and, and in this case it did it was it was some other install that was messing with with SQL server um, yeah. But I, th- I thought it was kind of funny that he kind of said, MSI sucked. Um, and, I, I, you know, Sean had last week had mentioned, you know, how refreshing it was for Microsoft to kind of say, yeah, we did this thing. It kind of sucked. Here's this thing that we think is better. You know, they're just kind of owning that. Sucks less. Yeah, it sucks
1: less. Give us a shot
2: now. Um, and I kind of, you're seeing that more and more from Microsoft. You're seeing, hey, yeah, this sucked. We know it. We want it to be better. We we want to get th- this fixed. And I find it prefer- refreshing. Yeah. Um, oh,
1: Microsoft's doing serverless computing. That's well. Uh, that's that's really taken off. What's um? Is that
2: similar to like the Amazon Lambda? I think so. There, there's a lot about Azure that I didn't get into. Um serverless I just didn't have compute. time to to read into it because they have so much stuff around that. Yeah. Um, um. Bash on Windows. Let's see. Here's a picture.
1: When uh, that. You know, I mean, it may not be perfect, but man, if you can run your bash scripts and your apps that require bash scripts, that's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, I do things in, at the, at the terminal all the time that would take you a, a person, you know, a thousand times longer to do it in a text editor or something. I mean, I can plow through a 150 megabyte CSV file and pull, you know, this thing out or that thing, or it would take you forever to do if you just if you haven't opened that up into a text editor and copy and paste this and that because and, you know, text editors always crap themselves after they hit up like you know a certain a file of a certain size and i mean yeah. there's just like a million little things because unix gets out all these little utilities and tools and they're all made to read standard in and standard out so you can you know piece them together you have this little pipeline of things that would take that would be impossible to do without s- things like that and mm-hmm. I, I was always wondering like how do you do this on windows and the answer is in the past unless you i guess i mean powershell could probably do some of these things or Maybe could. It's just, I don't want to have to, listen, I've been, we've been doing bash for about 30 years or, you know, however long. I mean, people don't want to, that's what we want. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the language we speak. I mean, maybe PowerShell can do similar things, but I want to have to relearn everything.
2: Right. And I don't, I don't know if that some of that came from the a, a past philosophy of, you know, proprietary, proprietary, cause we want to own this, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I think we're seeing that open up even more. Um, clip four is kind of a long one. Um, this is kind of uh, Satya Nadella's kind of keynote speech and his, his like first 10 minutes of it. I figured we'd kind of talk in between it about different points. But one interesting thing I think you'll enjoy of this is he coined a new term. Okay. Conversation is as clip? a service. Oh, gosh. Now, to frame this up, so Microsoft's big announcement was bots. Okay? So we're going to hear more and more about bots. And bots are going to... Probably make it into the conversation a lot more. What it is 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 Microsoft is is putting more investment into these AIs into Cortana, um, and they want to give you the ability to enhance that to add new functionality to to Cortana, um, similar to the way Alexa lets you create skills. Yeah. So you can create skills to interact with your services and your applications, so thus making Alexa much more smarter, much more whichever. So if you have an application and you want to to be enabled with these kind of features that's how you would do it and so microsoft's answer to that is these bots and so what they're doing is they're create they have all these standard bots they built into that they're creating for for skype and and um, outlook and office 365 all those kind of things they're starting to incorporate these as what they're calling you know bots. that's all fine and good they better not screw up screw up skype though
1: like
2: <laughs> don't mess with my skype man well that that's Mm, okay, let's get into it now before we talk into that video then. Because have you ever heard of Tay? Tay.ai. Mm. No. So it was it was I hadn't I didn't either. But something he said in here is actually relevant to that conversation because what had happened is Microsoft tried this experiment of this AI and it was on Twitter. It had its own account. And basically it would try to learn the conversation. So you're interacting with the AI, the AI is interacting with you. And it kind of made a mess of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it kind of got a little racist apparently. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I think the guardian had probably actually had tweets. Everyone else is pointing to the guardian. So I guess they kind of first reported this. Um, but some of the things it said, like someone asked, asked him is Ricky Gervais an atheist. And so Tay responded, Ricky Gervais learned totalitarianism from Adolf Hitler, the inventor of atheism. (laughs) Uh, let's see uh it i don't know what started this tweet but it said bush did nine eleven, and hitler would have done a better job than the monkey we have now donald trump is the only one we got was one of its responses
1: that sounds like a very trumpian
2: thing to say doesn't it <laughs> It does. so i think someone had asked it something about trump and that's how it responded or something so there's still a ways to go with this kind of ai communication thing um but some of the demos they showed, they tr- they incorporated with Skype. It's trying to interact with your conversation as well while you're conversing, apparently. Um, I don't know how that's going to work yeah, and play out. And I don't want that. But maybe, maybe it'll, it'll be awesome. I don't know. Right.
0: So I want to now switch gears to talk about this conversation as a platform. As I said, this is at the confluence of solutions. all of our three right. platforms, Azure, Office 365, as well as Windows 10.
1: Now, can he not say 365? Is this, a, is this a pronunciation thing? 365. Or is that what it's called now? I don't know. I always say Office 365. That's what I always hear. I 365. Just, I thought it was a potato potato thing. Well, no. Because companies with brand names, you get your you get your brand and your trade name's right yeah, you don't you, mispronounce you don't mess with them you don't, don't say visual force you don't you say to, lightning you don't get to play with a logo or whatever it has to stick to you know you've got standards for all these things that's that's why it
2: struck me that he said 365 yeah maybe, maybe that's what we're supposed to call
0: it could be it is in fact you know best brought home with an anecdote that chi lu shared with me about his mom of course uh, who's 80 years old lives in china she has been trying to use because of Qi's influence computers and she found it very hard even the web um although it was one of the greatest democratizing forces of computing uh, she found it hard to navigate between websites she was uncomfortable clicking on links uh the mobile uh, phone and the app re- so i didn't know i'll just
1: stop and say that Chilu. lu is, and they, I was just joking because he says that name
0: as if like I'm supposed to know who that is.
1: But that is their executive <laughs> vice president of Applications and Services Group. All right.
0: Evolution, uh, you know, further democratized things. But even there, going and finding the right app was difficult, and so she never got around to using it. But was using SMS, and now with WeChat, she's able to, at the age of eighty, not only have all the conversations with people seamlessly but she's also able to interact with businesses and bots. And that shows the
1: power of human life. Salesforce needs some bots to replace their entire level one and two
2: support. Uh, we've, we've talked about this whole AI <laughs> thing. I mean, we've even a- asked the conversation, will Salesforce come up with their own Siri or their own uh, Google Now or whatever it is? Uh, maybe. I, oh, I think they definitely will at some point. Either that,
1: or they're gonna they're gonna be available. Well, they on already these demoed services. they demoed something like this, right? Like an intro, or like an, kind of a sneak peek at that was at the big the Q four, you know, or the new you know fiscal year two thousand seventeen event. You don't remember that she they, they when they did the demo, she asked she I don't know I swear there's some kind of voice command thing or something.
2: I don't remember a voice command thing like unless a, it was you know Siri or something else that was tied into it. I don't know. See, this is
1: where the, if we had a Slack, people could correct me or like, <laughs> or tell us what we're ta- you know, like
2: kind of remember, like what, you know, what was it? I swear there was some kind of voice command thing in there. But. So what do you think Apple will call theirs? Microsoft calls it bots. Alexa calls Apple it skills. Apple has Siri already. It's called Siri. But what are they going to call their, their, their API? The Siri API. Just like that?
1: Siri kit. Seeds. Seeds? Yeah. Apple seeds. Oh. <laughs> Should have gone into marketing, John.
2: I should have. (laughs) Language.
1: We need to keep going on this? We want to
0: take that power of human language and, as I said earlier, apply it more pervasively to all of the computing interface and the computing interactions. And to do that, though, you have to infuse into the computers and computing around us intelligence. That means you have to bring forth these technologies of artificial intelligence and machine learning so that we can teach computers to learn human language, have conversational understanding, teach them about the broad context, people, places, things, context about your preferences, your personal knowledge, so that they can really help you with your everyday tasks in everyday life, both at work and elsewhere.
2: Yeah, and so so I think that's speaking to the the whole philosophy around What they're trying to do with this, with the bots and everything else is just, you know, the whole voice recognition thing, it's creating this kind of new UI where you're not interacting with your keyboard, you're not interacting with your mouse or even your finger anymore. It's You're just communicating with your devices, you're talking to them, It's you're having that natural thing that you and I have where we can just walk up and say, hi, how's it going, you know, tell me about your day or, you know, what do you think about the weather? You know, there's it's not like I walk up to you and poke you in the head and go, how's it going? (laughs) That's usually what you, you do, up. actually. Well, yeah. unless you're sleeping on the couch, yeah. then I might kick you. <clears throat> this this all this goes back to war games, does it? Yeah, it wasn't didn't wasn't he communicating with the? He the, was, yeah. Well, was, I, I don't know if that was just a editing concept or not because he was typing with it. I thought it was. I know he would back, communicate yeah. with. Yeah, he would communicate with it. It is. Yeah. There you go.
1: Thirty years later, we're still struggling for to get, to get decent voice dictation on our
2: phones. But there's a there's a, a lot, lot of, there's lot a of lot. hype. There's a lot of hype right now. There is. What what do you think about the whole the whole AI thing that's coming about? I think it's I think uh
1: it's in its infancy, but it will happen. And I think people Salesforce is one of them, these companies that are just buying up everything they can afford to buy it because they're scared not to, they're scared to get left out. And it's Apple, it's Microsoft, it's IBM, it's HP, it's Oracle, it's Salesforce, it's everyone. Yeah, and they're trying to figure out how do we do something useful with this. So, so my take is that that won't result in a
2: computer triggering a nuclear you know, <laughs> explosion, <in> the- and <laughs> or, or changing your conversation so you sound racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but but I, I you know I think every year every every. Few years, there's this always new technology. You know, it was it was cloud. It was you know false clouds. It was cloud computing. It was you know all these things. It, it was IoT, and for me, IoT switched quickly to AI. I'm seeing more and more about AI than I am IoT, and I think IoT hasn't gone anywhere, and AI has been. Yeah, I don't think it's gone anywhere. I, I just think my perspective is that IoT really isn't useful on itself, but I think as we incorporate AI into our technologies, then IoT becomes much more useful. Right, they're it's it's much. Uh, they're all in a pipeline. You know,
1: you have to have you have to have both, right? Yeah, you have to have devices w- that you can communicate with that you can, that throw off data. You have to be able to do something with that data, all right? I still wonder. I wonder if um, how Salesforce is going with that uh, Microsoft IoT implementation. Still figuring it out right. a bit because they made a bunch of IoT announcements. Microsoft did and build. It's nothing about Salesforce, but who knows. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's
2: it's kind of out there for me for what I do on a day day in and day out basis. Is it interesting to? Yes, it is for me. See, see, I envision not just my phone talking to my phone, but talking to my car. Have I mean, we already have some of that, but in so that it's much more intelligent. It's tied into more things. It's not just hey, play my favorite song. It's you know, what's what's my schedule like? What's what's coming up? I have that with Alexa now. Yeah. Alexa's one one of the AI, AI players. players. Uh,
1: we shouldn't we and we shouldn't say that word, the name of it. You realize <laughs> that, right? <laughs> but I, I don't think that's big, that's it's that big of a problem. Oh, I think it is. It's a huge problem. Yeah, but I can say Echo, what's my what's my commute? And she knows. Yeah. Or what's you know what's the weather going to be like? She knows. She'll tell you.
2: That, that that's but that you're that's using basic basic you're, stuff, you're right enjoying though, right? it though. I mean, and as its vocabulary increases, you could use it for a lot more. I just demo when people come over. Other than You're that, I don't old. use it. I know, I am. That's the problem. <laughs> You're just old. You don't even use an iPad. My kids live with their iPads. Oh, mine do too. They'll fall asleep cuddling their iPad and you turn them into, get a bear case or something for them because... Mm. That's not good. You shouldn't have let your kids have that much iPad time. They don't. I'm just no. exaggerating. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I mean, the younger generations, they're looking for this stuff. They're they are getting some of this stuff from other places. No, I I get that. I'm just saying for the work I do on a regular basis, it's
1: it's still out there. Like I'm not I'm not working with AI. Are you? No. Okay. All uh, right. That's all I'm saying. It's just it's interesting, and I you know like to follow. Like to it's interesting that my you know Salesforce is buying all these AI companies. know, what's it doing for me right now?
2: I mean, how does it affect me right now? I don't know that it does. So. Another topic that I had on this is, are we muddying the term AI? Um, because it, when, when we when we looked at this and we heard what they were talking about, and they, we talked about AI and we talked about these conversations it was having, the technology as it stands today, and even the technology they're presenting, um, did have some concepts of AI, but most of it was the ability to kind of recognize vocabulary, was, was to kind of be able to understand us. Um, and then it would try to make some pre-planned decisions based on that now art, i would i would venture to say that ai is a little bit more than that that it's it's actually thinking and and learning from those conversations and and in modifying itself yes making itself yeah. better it
1: de- develops its
2: own algorithms right yeah. exactly um and i'm not sure that that's what this is doing um i still think that, especially when we talk about the bot concept that that tells me right there that someone's going in and coding it and saying when you hear this or you get these terms or this verb or this vocabulary do this? Yeah. So I you know I feel like we're kind of muddying the terms of AI. No, I agree. And, or, and, and, yeah, people are claiming things are AI. It's really not. You know. Yeah.
1: But I mean, AI, I mean, it's you know, you've got these different branches. You know, there's machine learning and deep learning and computer vision and all this stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot of. Is it muddied? I mean, it's all AI. You know, it's um, it's a big space and it's huge. I mean, I think for at least ten years now, every computer science program or most of them have had. You know, machine at least one machine learning course you gotta take. Mm-hmm. So it's uh it's a thing.
2: So last question, do you live in fear of Salesforce's AI taking over? I live in fear of Salesforce's level one support. <laughs> <laughs> so would you rather speak to a artificial uh or an AI Salesforce support rep than a actual person? Than a level one support person?
1: Yeah. <laughs> what about level two? Eh, I don't know. Depends. It's a toss up. It's a toss up. Yeah. It's luck of the draw at that point. <laughs> well,
2: that's all I got, sir. Me too, man. And to that, I say, good day, sir.
1: You
3: get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.
1: Hey guys, let's get pumped up. We're gonna do this. We're gonna have a business conference. Woo, go Dreamforce!
3: <laughs> ah! Woo! Woo is right. Rock on,
1: Metallica. Turn your head and cough. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're killing me.